Welcome to the podcast. This is Danny, and I've got to say, I'm pretty excited about this week's episode. First up, well, I'm not excited about the part I'm about to tell you, but first segment, if you live in Texas, then you're probably aware that the state parks have now officially closed. It's definitely eerie and it's no fun. Not not fun at all. But it's limiting the places that people can get out and hike to. And it definitely created a bit of a frenzy on social media. But I really feel all is not lost. In this week's episode, I want to talk about ways to find nature close to home, closer to home, in the general vicinity of your home. I'll be sharing my experience about camping out in the backyard. It was fun. It was still the kind of vibe that I really wanted. My neighborhood was really interesting to listen to, so um, this should be fun to uh, enjoy, and, and maybe I'll find some parallels, similarities. Maybe y'all have already started camping out in the backyard or finding ways you can spend time outdoors. And in the second segment, I want to introduce to you all an old friend of mine. We met many years ago working in the outlet mall in San Marcos, and we have been buddies ever since. He's a huge fan of the outdoors. We've camped together. We've hiked together first time I actually went hammock camping is when uh, the first time we camped out. So that was awesome. Uh, but now he lives all the way in Seattle. So bummer. But we had a nice chat about what hiking is like out in Washington. Some of his favorite places to hike. He's definitely been to a handful of different national parks. And he even sneaks in a little bit of uh, backpacking tips too. So please enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Join me, Danny Laurel, as I share stories from the trails around Texas and more. I'll also talk about my favorite gear to use, camping tips, and feature interviews from others who enjoy the outdoors. So grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead. Last week, I talked about hiking around my neighborhood. I was seeing things from a new perspective, but still getting in miles. For me, being outside is essential to keeping my head right, but it's more important now than ever. I'm definitely, I'm definitely starting to feel a little cramped in the house. And this week, it was announced that the Texas State Parks are to be closed indefinitely. They just don't have the resources at this time to keep them open. And you can imagine that sent social media on a bit of a frenzy. It was pretty chaotic on the, uh, on, on the Facebook when that was announced. Uh, lots of people talking about their loss of liberty 
not being able to go to a state park. And I'm not here to get into any kind of arguments about that. I will say that I am grateful to have the ability to walk outside and get fresh air. It's something I need, and I just need to be creative about it. So that being said, I wanted to start an initiative called Nature is Not Closed. And the state parks may be, but going outside isn't. Look, I know it's different for different people, but I'm trying to get more people to think about outside from a different perspective. So nature is not closed. I have a backyard that we hardly even use, and I, I feel I feel so bad about that. But I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and all we did was play outside. I've been taking my daughter outside for walks, and we played in the backyard, kicking the ball around. It was really fun. And she's starting to enjoy it more and more. And that's, I guess, more my fault as the parent than the current times, really. So I decided to do a backyard campout. You're seeing more and more people utilize their space in these times. If you are, um, you know, if you if you live somewhere where you have that um, kind of backyard space or, you know, whether, like I said, setting up in the backyard or even something like a hammock on the patio or maybe like a fort or small tent in the living room, you know, whatever. Being creative about spending time outside is where I want to push people to to explore. I'm just outside of Austin, and they have the Trail Foundation. They're a great group, great organization that really works on some of the bigger trails in town. And it was announced that all of the parks and trails in Austin would be closed for Easter weekend because they knew that would typically be a, a pretty a pretty busy weekend. And one of the biggest trails that would be affected by that is the Ann Butler Hike and Bike Trail. Uh, or if you've lived in the area long enough, I just call it Town Lake. But one of the small gestures that they put out on social media was this awesome, fun, nature-in-your-backyard scavenger hunt. You had a list of fun things to find around your home, like bugs or I think it was plants, trees, some flowers, and then there was like a freebie one. And I sent the picture to my daughter, and she loved it. I've talked about camping with my daughter in previous episodes, and one of the things I try to do is find balance between her love for technology and my desire for her to appreciate the outdoors more. So I had her take her tablet outside and use the camera to document all of the things she would find down our street. Like I said, she loved it. So I definitely encourage y'all with kiddos to create fun nature scavenger hunts. Yeah, so back to the camp out. So after we kicked the ball around, I had a small table set up for my Coleman stove and busted out our ingredients for s'mores. Turns out, marshmallows, chocolate, and graham crackers have a pretty lengthy shelf life. 
as these were ingredients I purchased for our last coastal road trip. Uh, make sure you tune into that episode, Hinton'd. Uh, so we made s'mores in the backyard and watched the amazing pink moon, pink full moon come up from the horizon, and I got settled into my tent for the night. And I gotta say, my neighborhood sounds so interesting at night. And the birds and bugs. I had beetles all over my tent. And just sounds from the small town I live in. Even some sounds that freaked me out as I'm not quite sure if they were real or part of a dream. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, But it was fun to just get that feeling about sleeping outside. I use REI's Camp Dome Tent. Uh, So it's wide open up top. Could see the moon and the stars and really just kind of lay there and enjoy the breeze. But like I said... I understand that not everyone has a backyard, but that's just one example. If you're trying your best to get your nature fix at home, what are you doing to be creative about finding nature? Let me know on Facebook at the Texas Trailhead page. Before we get started with the interview, I just want to let y'all know this is the first time we used... Uh, some new technology, so just bear with me. But please enjoy my interview with my good buddy David. Hey, and how's it going? Good. You're the the first one. The, the first, the first guest. The first guest. <laughs> I feel honored and privileged. Fantastic! I am <laughs> so happy you made time out of your busy schedule to hop on yet another call. We've all been dealing with a lot of calls here, working from home. Uh, so yeah, you're in Seattle or in the Seattle area, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I'm from Texas originally. Um, I've been in Seattle about nine months, um, living in a studio. So uh, right now it's been a little tight and getting outside, has been trying, um, but I've been trying to do as much as I can while distancing. Um, also, yeah, so I've been up here, um, moved up here for work. Um, love the Seattle area, um, miss Texas desperately, but you know, I, I enjoy all all adventures that I've had so far here. So we've been friends for a long time now, but for anyone that may be tuning in. Um, you mentioned you were from Texas. Tell us where from Texas and kind of where you lived in Texas and et cetera. Yeah. Um, so I was born in San Antonio. I lived there through high school. Um, I moved to Colorado for a year, which was an amazing experience um, for school, came back down. Um, and then I spent the bulk of my time really the last day in Marcus. Um, I went to school there. Um, I stayed uh, and then, Moved to Galveston, but St. Marcus is the most of the time that I spent there, and that's kind of when I started falling in love with being outdoors and um, finding some good trails and some rivers and stuff like that. So moved to Galveston yeah. for a couple years, um, spent some time literally living on the island, which was really really interesting experience. Um, I know you went down there. We got some got a couple of opportunities to hang out, which was cool. Um, loved being down there too. You know, finding time to go to the beach or just find some cool hikes right around the beach was really fun. Um, and then I moved to Austin. Um, I was in two years after that. So this is like 2017 till last July. 
um, spent some time living there. It was great to get back to like that area close to San Marcos, close to San Antonio. Um, love Austin and, you know, obviously going out and stuff is fun, but also just how accessible um, the outdoors is from there is pretty, pretty amazing. And um, that's really where I had an opportunity to move up here. And I had some friends that lived up here already. So I really wanted to take that opportunity to, um, to make a big move. And I did. And it's been, it's been a great experience and I've been enjoying it. Um, the weather's starting to get a lot better. Um, you know, being indoors can be a little suffocating, but, you know, seeing, seeing everything is, is really beautiful. Yeah, I saw you had posted you were on your little patio in t-shirts and a short and some shorts and uh and it looked like it felt pretty good outside right now. Yeah, no, it was great. It was almost 60, <laughs> which sounds cold for Texans, but you know, um it's been it, pretty it chilly great. here. Last week was kind of chilly in the mornings with the front yeah. that came through. Yeah, you guys have gotten some rain, huh? A little bit. Yeah, the lake behind the house <laughs> uh a lot of the benches and stuff are still underwater. So that's always an, a good indicator as to how much rain we've gotten up here. But oh, you, wow. talk, you talked a little bit about living in Colorado, but you mentioned that San Marcos was more of the bigger influence. And that was going to be one of the questions. Cause like I said, I've known you for a while, but I never really could pinpoint like where that all began. So you say San Marcos was the bigger like influence for you to get outdoors. Like what was behind that? Do you think? Yeah, so, you know, a um, little tidbit about me younger um, growing up. We, you know, did a lot of camping when I was younger. We would go to Canyon Lake, uh, Guadalupe State Park. We're living in San Antonio, you know, those areas around there. Um, Choke Canyon, I remember going to. And um, that's really when I started doing it. And then, you know, just growing up and being a teenager and being a young adult, just kind of forgetting about those things and focusing on others, uh, you know, when I was in San Marcos, finding how close, how the river is just, you know, right in the middle of town. And, you know, it'd be very often that if it was a nice day outside, we'd be at the river at some park or some, some spot on the river that we found that's pretty nice. So that was really cool. Um, and then just kind of doing those trails that go around the river, but then also uh, Purgatory Creek is something that I've definitely uh, spent a lot of time with, um, with our mutual friend, David and uh, his girlfriend, Sarah. Um, we did a couple hikes, um, did some hikes with some of my roommates and friends during there. And I think that's what kind of started it and just gave that idea of like, you know, if you know me and you know me, uh, music is a big, big part of my life and, you know, going to live music and stuff like that. So festivals are great. And I think, you know, kind of turning that with, with being outdoors, um, was really great. And I think through the community in San Marcos and like other things like Utopia Festival, um, I was able to kind of branch out a little bit and get started on, on doing some of those things. Yeah, that's a great point. I never really put that together, the parallel of like the music festival lifestyle. And you do spend a lot of time kind of outdoors and even just like, you know, South by Southwest where you're outside and it's, it's not like hiking or anything, but you're spending that time outdoors and you kind of there there are some similar characteristics, I guess to to the two different cultures yeah i'm super ashamed to be late on the purgatory creek train i remember our other mutual friend lucas talking about going to purgatory to go hang out with the the doggies and stuff and i just wasn't into it at the same at that time in my life so yeah if, if people aren't familiar san marcus definitely has a ton of like outside 
lifestyle going with that small little town, even with, you know, the college being there and whatnot. So you can get away from it pretty quick. And, and that's what I, I think uh, five mile dam is a good spot that I can think of that is a little further out of town that that's yeah. still pretty convenient to get to. I did. I did try to sneak over to five mile yesterday thinking I could find a, uh, uh, an opening, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to break any rules. So I decided to to keep driving. I was trying to get down there and do some fishing, but they had closed all the gates and uh, I didn't want to be sneaky. And I wanted to respect all of the rules. I just, but kind of what you were saying earlier, like I, I definitely have tried to find that balance of being inside and being productive and then just needing to get outside too. So um, what, tell me about Seattle, you know, I haven't been there. Tell me about some of your favorite places that you've discovered or that you've been hiking at out there. Yeah. So one thing I think that's really great about Seattle is you have an abundance of outdoors on both spectrums. You know, you go, if you look East, you see the Cascade mountains, um, which is where there's a lot of really, really good mountain trails and lakes and, you know, just different things I hadn't seen before, some glaciers. Um, And then if you go just West of where I live, which is just North of, downtown Seattle, Ballard, um, you have Puget Sound. So you have this balance of water and abundance of water, but also abundance of like mountains and, you know, hills and just things that you're not used to, you know, living in Texas that I wasn't used to either. Um, And then just west of Puget Sound is what they call the peninsula. It's the Olympic Peninsula. There's a national park there, Olympic National Park. That is probably the most diverse national park I've ever been to. Granted, I haven't haven't been to all of them, but I've been to a good amount. And <laughs> you've um, been to a good amount, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it has everything from you know temperate, you know, forest to a rainforest to beach to you know, you name it. They get accumulation of snow, you know, constantly on the Olympic Mountains and the backcountry is so immense that I have done point. Oh, one percent of the total land there. So, you know, a lot to experience. I love that. Um, North Cascades National Park is one I've been to as well. Um, you know, just really, really deep into the mountains and uh, you get some alpine lakes. We uh, we hiked uh, around uh, Lake Diablo, which uh, I think I've posted some photos of before. So um, you get some good experience of that. And then um, haven't experienced that much, but I, you know, hopefully once everything's to a better point, you know, spending some trips going to Eastern Washington, which is a lot, um, a lot more arid, you know, it's more desert kind of like mountainy then turns into flatland area. Um, but there's some really cool gorges and, uh, just rock formations that, you know, I haven't seen too, too much in Texas that I want to explore and just kind of experience everything around here. Um, so those are those are the bigger things. Um, I think other than that, uh, there's there's trails everywhere um, in in Seattle. I think Seattle, along with Austin and you know some other cities that I can think of, um, do a really good job of keeping their park system really really well maintained. Where you can be in inside a park and feel like you're not in the city, and you pop out and you're still in the metro area. So it's pretty awesome. So it's April seventh when we're doing this phone call, and this morning. Texas Parks and Wildlife has officially announced that all of the state parks are closed at the end of today. What is the situation over in Washington? Are the are there parks open? Has that been shut down now for a little bit, or is it kind of mixed? Yeah, um, so I did see that about uh, Texas state parks, and you know, honestly, 
from where what I've seen. And so I guess we're a little bit ahead of, you know, when stuff started happening here versus in Texas. Um, the state parks here have been closed for, I guess, about a week and a half, almost two weeks. Maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, where they stood in tears, they stopped. They stopped with uh, camping, I think, two weeks out, about a week and a half ago. They stopped um, total uh, total park entry. And then um, to coincide with that, I know at least Olympic National Park is closed. Cascades might be closed. It's not too accessible right now because there's so much snow. Um, and then Mount Rainier, I don't, I'm not 100%, but I think it, it would likely be closed. So um, basically, unless you're in private uh, campgrounds, or, you know, spaces, it's closed. Um, as far as in the city, um, the city parks are still open, um, but they're limiting how much people want to go on there. So parking lots are closed. Um, you know, I did a, a three-mile walk um, around my neighborhood, which led to this park, and decided not to go in there just because, one, <laughs> I was pretty tired, but also, um, you know, there's just, there's this, I don't want to cause any more abundance of people being out there. And one thing, that I do realize is uh, people from Seattle love their parks and whenever it's really nice, which unfortunately it's been really nice for the past couple <laughs> weeks during lockdown. Um, oh. People love to be outside, you know, it hasn't rained in a, hasn't rained consistently in probably about two, two and a half weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. It all came here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so this part, it's a two parter. So outside of Texas, what, I know you've been to a handful of places around the U.S. What are your top places to hike? Would you say like your top three? I guess top three. Ooh, that's tough. Um, you can well, squeeze it out if you want. Yeah. Well, I I would say you know the first one that I w- I would actually stay in Texas, um, Big Bend National Park, and you know I the Texas has some great trails, and I'm um, hopefully we'll talk about that later. But like uh, Big Bend is something that was so far away from me. I never thought I would get to go. Um, just took some time off and did a solo trip out there and um, did some great hikes. Um, you know, I went around, I stayed at the Chizos Basin area. Nice. So, so I did some hikes there. I didn't do the full hike to windows. Just the day I got there was a little late and I would have been walking back in some pretty darkness and I, I couldn't find my headlight, something like that. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I did a couple hikes. There's some loops that go, um, that lead to, uh, to longer like backpacking trails. Um, that was really fun. And then that, so the Chizos Basin for reference is like at 5,500 feet um, oh, wow. elevation. So it, it gets pretty, pretty high up there for, for, you know, for being in Texas and in the, in the flatter part, you know, like towards the, the Rio Grande and then um, another area just north of that um, it's pretty flat there. So you go, you know, I think the park headquarters, one of the park headquarters is at uh, 3,700 feet. So it's desert and then it turns into the mountains. So um, the other place I went to uh, is called Balanced Rock. It's a short hike. It's maybe like a mile and a half, two miles. Um, but it has this really cool photo, you know, photo opportunity of a, of a balanced rock on top of it. Um, and there's some other, you know, big boulders that you can kind of walk through, which are really fun. Um, it is desert. So I think I went in May and it was around 95 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in the in like the valley area in the Chizos Basin, it was a little little cooler. I think mid eight, mid to high eighties. Um, and then we went down to Rio Grande uh, Basin area, and it was about one hundred and twelve. And I did a hike um, right towards the Mexico border. Um, so I don't always recommend that in May, but um, <laughs> I think it was a it was a good experience for sure. So th- 
elongated answer. That's my number three. Uh, <laughs> number two, um, you know, living in Colorado, I never got a chance to go there, but I got a chance to go a couple times with a couple different friends um, in Rocky Mountain National Park. It's uh, right outside Estes Park. Um, it's about, I don't know, maybe two hour drive from Denver, but um, we did, I've done some, uh, some camping and backpacking there um, in the fall or like it was like September. So almost fall, um, which was great, great experience. First time backpacking um, went with a buddy and we hiked, I think about four or five miles to a, uh, to a spot, which was great. And then I've done it in the winter also, which it did limit it, limit how much it was open and, yeah, they closed some parts, right? Right, and at yeah. that time, the the government shutdown was going on. So, oh, yeah. um, so it was last January, January twenty nineteen. So we had limited things; everything wasn't plowed. Um, but we did a couple hikes in the snow, and that was really amazing. It felt like we had pretty much the park to ourselves. Um, so it was good seeing like that balance of like the fall. You know, it's still a little warmer there, going into like full on winter in January, and seeing the difference. Um, my number one, I would say, I don't know if I could put one park, so I'm just going to say Moab, Utah, because there's two parks that are very close to each other. Um, the first is Arches National Park, um, which is famous for obviously all the arches, the, um, Utah, uh, license plate, I believe is, is the, is Delicate Arts, one of the hikes that we did, which was pretty amazing. And then, um, Canyonlands National Park, um, which is a little further out. It's a big, big backcountry area. Um, a lot of people do it for off-roading, you know, four-wheeling, stuff like that. Um, and then there's some really, really great hikes, though. And you get to see a lot of um, the geology portion of it, which I will be honest, I don't know a ton of with. But I went with one of my friends that um, she knew an ample amount. So it was kind of a learning lesson, um, which was really, really fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say those are my, my, my favorite places that I've been to so far. Yeah, Utah's definitely on my list. My dad and I did the Rocky Mountain National Park, but we only did the road that goes all the way through it. And mm-hmm. we both almost barfed in the car. So we definitely, <laughs> want, we definitely want to go back and at least we, we were kind of in a hurry. So we didn't get out of the car to go explore anything. But Utah's definitely on the list for sure for me. So places you've been to now, what's what's on your target? when Once everything kind of settles back down, and you have an opportunity to maybe go somewhere that you've never been before. What, what's on your wish list? Yeah. So, um, you know, being this close, um, you know, and being in a state where it doesn't take uh, eight hours to get out of, um, um, going down to Oregon and Northern uh, California would be really great. Um, I haven't spent a ton of time there. Um, I went to Mount Hood area right before all this happened, um, which was pretty cool. It was sunny and there's snow. So we got to have some fun on the mountain there. Um, but uh, Crater Lake is a, a place I would love to go to. Um, Red, Redwoods National and State Forest, I believe it's a combined thing. Um, just kind of north of uh, San Francisco would be really cool. Um, Yosemite, um, I think, would be a huge dream. Um, and doing some really, really cool hikes and some backpacking um, overnighters there would be really cool. Um, so kind of finishing out the West Coast and then... Um, I would like to go back because I went in winter again uh, to Smoky Mountain National Park, which is, I believe, the most visited national park um, in the nation. Yeah, I think um, that's still that's think that's still accurate. Yeah. Yeah, and it's free, so like that's that that's something that they established from when they started it. So I think that's what attracts everybody. Uh, but spending some time there, doing some some 
a little bit of backpacking. You know, I am by no means a through hiker or anything to do, you know, long, long trips, but jumping on the AT even for a few miles would be a really cool thing, the Appalachian Trail. Um, so that's kind of what I've been looking at. Um, being that close to Canada, uh, Banff National Park, which is, um, you know, a beautiful, beautiful park, which you haven't seen photos of, I would definitely take a look. Um, in Canada, um, I would love to see. It's about a 10-hour drive from Seattle. Wow. I mean, but that's a, that'd be a, a fun trip to just kind of make a whole thing out of it. Yeah, for sure. Do you like, I mean, what do you like more, just the kind of the day trips, or do you like the whole ordeal, or not ordeal, maybe that's a negative word, but like the whole event of backpacking, like do you get kind of the same out of it? Yeah, you know. As opposed to just like traditional camping, you know? So I think there's like a level of comfortability you have with car camping or like, you know, walk-in camping where you're, you're not that far from, you know, facilities or anything like that, um, which is fun, you know, especially, you know. If you just want to get out for a, a day or two um, and can do that, it's very convenient. And, you know, I, I, I love that idea. Um, I think backpacking takes it to another level where, you need, you kind of have to challenge yourself and get out of your comfort zone a little bit. And trust me, I definitely do. Um, yeah, I think the first time we backpacked, probably had 50 pounds worth of, you know, gear on my back. And <laughs> you don't realize how much that influences you until you get into that first mile where you start gaining some elevation and you have to – you have to get through some, uh, some tight passes. Um, it can be a little tough and I, I definitely challenge myself. And, um, I think, uh, the benefits of that though, is you get to this place of just solitude, you know, I, I, you know, you know me and I'm a very social person, but I think at times too, I like to be by myself. That's why I did, went to big Ben by myself. And I think if you do that with just, you know, you or a couple people, um, you get that solitude of just whatever you want. You can plug out a hundred percent, which, you know, with today's stresses and life and, you know, careers and all that, um, getting away, I think is so important. And I think that's what the value is. And, you know, it's not pretty and it's not, you know, there's no, the level of comfort is definitely a little further down, but that's the challenge. And, you know, I, I think that's one thing that um, I truly value. And I think, the point that I can think of where I, I, I really enjoy is, you know, you're, you know, laying down on the, on the rock or on the ground or whatever, um, or in your tent. And then you just see this clear sky and stars that you would never see, um, you know, in the city or even around the city, um, in smaller towns, you know, you don't always get to see. And I've never seen some of the things that I've seen, uh, that I had seen, you know, in, in Utah, in Big Bend, um, you know, that, that, that's where the value I think comes from and just disconnecting and, you know, feeling good about it, feeling accomplished at the end when you get back and you're like, okay, did that. What's next? Yeah. I think that's also kind of the, the, the big differences about those parks, like at McKinney Falls where you're during the day, you feel like you're away from the city, but at nighttime, that's when you can kind of really see how far away you are from things. Cause at McKinney Falls at night, you know, you hear traffic and you, uh-huh. the, the night's not as sky. But then like the other week we were at Lake Corpus Christi and that's a lot farther out. And at nighttime, you really, really do see the sky, you know, and I imagine uh-huh. that's similar at places like Big Bend or places in Utah where they are truly kind of away from civilization, I guess. And you really yeah. can feel like. You, you have that solitude. And I'd say that's, I, I hear that a lot when I talk to people in 
so we both work retail we're both retail managers but you know like service industry people in general well we're so we're so on at work you know and we have to talk to a lot of people that we really do kind of appreciate that downtime and that quiet solitude and just kind of getting out there um away from everything what who what was the first backpacking trip do you remember uh rocky mountain so we went to rocky mountain we're actually on the western side of the uh, park so it's um close to grand lake uh is right outside the park uh, exit um so we did a hike around there can't remember the name offhand but that park is so dense with 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 um with backcountry um, camping and, and trails that, uh, you know, you could find your own place well within reason. And, you know, we did the, the closest or the second closest, I think, site to, to go to. But, um, you know, that day hiking in, we probably saw maybe 10 people, yeah. um, you know, and that's, that's probably one of the more populated trails. So, um, you know, a lot of those parks and, you know, I think even in Texas, I can think of uh, Colorado Bend um, as a, as such a big park that you can get away also, and they I, they offer primitive camping as well, which I, I think is is great. And you know that's an hour and a half from Austin, but it feels a world away. Yeah, even you know Colorado Bend, and even something like Pernalis, you know, has I just put a post about the the state parks that have primitive camping and. They are pretty spread out, so <laughs> if you want to get out, even in Texas, there are places to um, to kind of get out in a way. So hopefully later in a different call, we'll do kind of the, the things you wish you would have known the first time you went backpacking. But do you have any of or do you use any of that gear from that first time still to this day? Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, I haven't done a backpacking trip in a while but that backpack that I use, it's a, just a North Face 50 liter I got from the outlets in San Marcos at the North Face store. Not a plug, but, um, you <laughs> neither, know. Neither it, one of us are employed by them, so <laughs> yeah. full disclosure. <laughs> that is correct. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's what I use. You know, it's in my car. Uh, just, you know, I live in a studio in Seattle because rent is pretty pricey compared to Texas. Um but, you know, I, I, I keep all my gear in there, basically. So it's a good way for, for me to keep, stay organized. Um, it has a, I have um, uh, a tent. I have a, a backpacking tent, like a little one-person tent um, that, I, that I utilize pretty often. I do have a bigger tent for when, you know, it's more court, car camping. I can utilize that. Um, a sleeping bag. You know, I didn't, I'm not, I didn't splurge and get the $200 ultralight sleeping bag you know i spent 50 bucks on on online to buy one and uh and it's done me well you know it's a 30 degree back um uh, a 30 degree bag um so you know it's it's not the best but layering up works 100 percent um i think the thing that i utilize the most is my backpacking stove you know it's just like one of those simple uh lightweight stoves that ties into a the uh, mixed canister um and it just you can do anything from there i think we I might have used it maybe when we did a trip um, for some coffee in the morning or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely utilize that stuff. Um, living in Seattle, you have to have a good raincoat. And I think the first raincoat I got was, you know, prepping for that backpacking trip. Um, and I still utilize it on a daily basis, you know, whether I'm camping or urban walking right now. Um, 
so you know, I, I I definitely do. You know, I not one to invest in. I think my biggest investments, other than um, the bag itself, was probably a sleeping pad. One thing I would say is, if you are going backpacking, a sleeping pad's a must. You know, um, whether it's to stay warm because that is a, a really important thing, and they do this, they gauge it by what they call R value. Um, you know, having a good R value is great because if you're, you know, sleeping and the air temperatures, you know, 30 degrees, the, the ground's going to be something close to that or lower that radiational cooling that happens at night, you know, it'll get to you and you wake up in the middle of the night and that won't be a fun day to hike the next day. So, yeah. um, that, that's one thing that I think was a good learn, um, is, is investing in a good, uh, uh, sleeping pad to put above your, or below your, um, your sleeping bag. I think too, kind of going back to what you were saying about the rain jacket, I, I feel like that is why you've seen a lot of that kind of outdoor apparel become a little bit more mainstream fashion is because they've been making product that's going to withstand a lot. And so people, I think, realize, hey, I, I should wear this jacket because it's packable and it's not just for camping, but, you know, I can wear this nano puff and pack it down in a suitcase for traveling and I feel like that has been kind of a part of why that's grown a little bit just because it's really good product. And yeah, some of it might cost a little bit more, but it's going to last you a long time too. And a lot of those companies do like lifetime warranties and stuff like that. So yeah, no. And I think that definitely helps. I agree. And, you know, I think, you know, both of us working retail, like you said, the aesthetics are obviously important, you know, making sure stuff looks pretty cool is cool too. But um, you know, the, the technology and like all the benefits of like, why you're paying a little bit more for something like that. Um, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot of value in that. And I would say, you know, I have probably five or six jackets and two of them are like my go-tos. And one of them, you know, one of them's my, my, my company, you know, jacket, like the one that I wear to work. And the other one's just like a good outdoor jacket that that's a good mid layer. Um, so, you know, for sure. And, and I think uh, I'd rather buy into quality than, you know, have a quantity of things and, you know, they just go away six months later. Yeah. Fast fashion is definitely not something <laughs> either one of us are really into. No. Well, David, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know, you know, you've got a lot on your plate working in retail and we, we have a lot going on with our careers right now, but, and I hope we can talk soon about more specific Texas stuff, but Again, I appreciate you taking time out and being the first, the first one to uh, chit chat and uh, be a part of this, this episode. So I will talk to you soon. All right. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.